right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Foursquare Presents After Hours. As always, it's your boy, Jeff, and today I got a special guest, my good friend, Lola is here. What's up? Hi, everybody. What's going on? So this is basically like an addition to the social media rollout, um, and today we're going to talk about something that is pretty deep, you know what I'm saying? It is the hyper of the female body on social media. So I'm gonna be honest with you, Lola, there's two reasons why I chose you specifically for this. One, because you're a good friend of mine and I know that you're gonna have some good insight. Okay. And the second reason is if I'm gonna be honest, your social your social media page, your IG page, um, you are what a lot of people will consider an IG baddie. So I wanted to get your take on that. As far as uh, you say, you guess, but your DMs say different, or used to used to be different. So, what what's your opinion on that? As far as um, the female body being like a commodity nowadays. Um. So I never really agreed with the whole um, sexualization of you know the female body. I oftentimes believe that. The reason why um, it's even so sexualized or fetishized in the first place is because, um, you know, men, a lot of the industry is a man's business. A lot of the industry has to do with what a man thinks looks nice or presentable or fashionable at that time. And, um, you know, for women to have their carpet roll out, a lot of times, like, some women feel like to get ahead in the game, they have to sacrifice their mental health and sacrifice their bodies in order to get there um, by any means of, you know, some women have had to wear exposing exposing clothing or have had to wear, or have even had to, sorry, um, have sex to get to where they are, and to get to places. And um, I've just always felt like there's such a high disproportion of, what men have to do to get on top in comparison to women because our voices are always drowned out, our voices are always unheard inside of these big spaces that we can fill. We have everything inside of us to be able to fill, um, but we just get drowned out because our boobs are, like, you know, our boobs are immediately the first thing that men see sometimes or our ass or whatever, and it doesn't really, you know, matter how much we cover up because mm-hmm. the man's imagination can always, oh, I wonder what, you know, what's under there. Or I wonder what, you know, some women are really good at, or not some women. Let me take that back. Let me be honest. Some women deliberately go out of their way to cover up and men will still be like, oh, I wonder, you know, what, what bra size does she have or you know, it's looking a little flat back there. You know, it's just yeah. shit like that. But just be like, bro, okay. Bugging. But, yeah. And you're reaching, but, yeah. Okay, I feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, another... So, I know we were talking earlier, especially um, certain meme pages where it shows, like, dudes, you know, taking this alpha male stuff a little too far. Um, and, honestly, the tagline for the four square actually is changing the narrative of the male podcast um we actually had a guest his name is david veteran youtuber shout out to david um 
and he used to go to high school with us. And on his story, when he shouted us out, he was like, yo, like Foursquare, you know, they changing like the narrative, the male podcast. And I was like, that's a good tagline to use. So when you go on like pages like Spiritual World or Shade Room and stuff like that, and you see these dudes like Fresh and Fit or something like that, taking it a little too far. Um, what is your opinion on these podcasts or these alpha male podcasts that um, seem to be taking it a little too far over the edge? Hmm. That's a good question. So first and foremost, I deliberately, I mean, I know you literally just saw my social media and you saw that I follow spiritual work. Yeah. But um, in and of itself, I really try to stay off of social media pages like Shade Room. To be quite honest with you, I really only go there. As, as bad as it sounds, okay? Yeah. I really only go there when, like, maybe, like, a celebrity or, like, a, a high influencer, if you will, um, just to verify, like, if they really died or not, like, mm-hmm. if they passed away. Because, you know, if it's on Shade Room, it's kind of, like, 90, 90% accurate, I would say. Yeah. Um, but we just have such a big division between um, men and women. Mm-hmm. We've had it for a very, very long time. What men do that women don't, what women do that men don't. Um, and, you know, just trying to cut each other where it may or may not hurt. And so sometimes it's like, are you offended because it hurt or did it, did it offend you because it's true? Um, and sometimes also I can say to relate it and tie it back to podcasts. I sometimes happen to think of myself like, are you making a podcast because you want your voice heard or are you making a podcast because you're bored? Because I feel like a lot of people want to get into the podcast industry, but um, it's just noise. And I think a lot of the time when these misogynistic men get onto social media in the first place is to get more attention, to get more views and to get other men who have been hurt by Mm -hmm. other women in the past to get on there and listen to them and you know be like oh you know what he's right and stuff like and so that's why i'm not going to completely um shit on kevin samuels because you know the man died and he rest in peace and yeah that he was a human living being breathing human being um but at the same time it's just like kevin put out a lot of narratives out there mm-hmm. that a lot of hurt men used to agree with him on and you know when he passed away it was something where like i saw a couple of a handful of young men that were like getting him tattooed on, like getting them, getting him tattooed on them. And it's just that's like, weird. Huh? Like, I wouldn't take it that far. Yeah. Like, how much of a, you know, martyr, social media influencer that he was on, mm-hmm. like, you know, the dating industry. Like, this man remarried so many times, it's like out of hand. And so, but, you know, I digress. Um, overall, though, Yes, men do happen to take it far with their, with how they feel. I mean, mm-hmm. us women can too, but, you know, that's a different narrative for a different day. Because, um, you know, a lot of times when when us women speak out, um, and that, I think that sometimes we don't know how to argue anymore because we like to deflect and we like to project and not really answer questions truthfully. So when I, a woman myself, end up talking about, what I see out there from the man from from men tweeting and posting and their opinions being um, put out there, a lot of what I get back is, well, 
women do da 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 and women do lit. It's like, mm-hmm. calm down. So your role. I am not defending my entire female species. I am not. That, while I do understand that women do and can take it a little bit far with some of the narratives that they have on podcasts as well, men take it to a point where it can get like extremely toxic mm-hmm. and vile and even dangerous sometimes too. Where like, you know, you listen to a person like um, Andrew, I forgot his name. but like, Andrew Tate. Yeah, Andrew Tate. There we go. Yeah. Andrew Tate, he literally just got banned from Facebook and Instagram for the ways that he thinks and the, and the things that he said in podcasts and posts because it gets dangerous. Mm-hmm. There are men who, li- who literally think this way and they're like, you know what? Yeah, fuck these women. Fuck whatever the hell else. And then like, it just takes that one woman to reject them. One, that one more woman to reject them and then them just being like, you know what? Like, fuck this. And then essays happen and all of these other kind of aggressive and violent things to those women happen. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just something that's needed to be taken with a grain of salt at times. So, yeah. So one thing I will say is um, I've heard a few um, live streams of Kevin Samuels mm-hmm. and I like I actually watched this whole live stream and one thing that people need to realize, especially with media in general, is that it's still an art form in the sense that it's an exaggeration. Yes. So even when someone may say something and it sounds outrageous, it's more for shock value. Exactly. And you just got to listen to the lesson inside of what they're saying. Kevin Samuels did have some points, yeah. but his delivery was brash to get people to go to his page and like listen to him. Mm-hmm. So... It's marketing strategies. Exactly. Really. So that's what I say. Like it's it's for followers, it's for attention, it's for like people to just like, you know, there's never if if anything, like we you and I even know this from when we went to college, like mm-hmm. we always heard there is no such thing as like bad press, there's no such thing as bad media. Um, even people who get caught for faking and for, you know, like trying to put up this front and this facade of what type of lifestyle that they have. Like when they get caught up in that, what do people do? Oh, they go to his page and they share it. And, you know, that's just more traffic and more, you know, like attention being drawn towards them Mm -hmm. so that then they do end up getting a foot in the right direction or the foot in the door of where they want to end themselves in. You know what I mean? Like whenever these men, or whatever these like controversial um, podcasts or, or, or posts or tweets come along, it's still accounted for as things to give them that momentum and that, you know, fuel to the fire going of where they want to end up. These whether it's like brand deals or um, coming to speak to, to, to other places or getting to meet celebrities and influencers that can have like more network. It's a network. It's network at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know? So that's the way that I see it. But I a thousand percent agree with you all. Kevin did have some, um, rather interesting, mm-hmm. interesting ideals and the ways that he would speak to people, which were a little harsh and, you know, um, he still made it a point to have people, flock into his page at any given moment his live streams his 
posed. Um, you know, at the end of the day, he was um, selling himself as a, as a relationship coach. So trying right. to get their foot in the door as being like a relationship mentee and how to get themselves into the relationship world. So, yeah, sometimes people have to exaggerate and sometimes people have to sell to get to where they want to go because they know that that type of like shock value to the to to us as like viewers it's just only going to get us to see what they have next to show Mm -hmm. what they have to showcase and another thing with that too is i mean he he was been he's been on youtube for quite some time for like years before he actually blew up um and he used to talk to dudes specifically in the sense it's like you still live at your mama's house you don't like dress fittingly well you don't like have the ambition to go get like a decent paying job to pay bills and just kind of stand up for yourself and shit like that so as far as like when he started transitioning towards like the women and him being brash another thing too is you know people talk about pandering a lot and I do think that when it comes to these people in general, dudes and girls, but specifically women, is that they try to, or like a Steve Harvey will definitely like, um, not in the sense that like you gotta um, do better in life, but in a sense that's like, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do no self-improvement to get a dude that has a lot going for himself. So it's like, for example, he didn't have to be as brash with this one lady, but he, you know, if it's like, you know, if you do have like three kids or something like that from like three different baby dads, it's going to be a little harder for you to have to get a boyfriend or a dude that, you know, has a six figure paying job and shit like that. So it's more like a reality check for you to say, like, well, what do you have going on as well? You may have an idea that you want a certain someone, but then you got to sit back and go, does this someone want me? Like for dudes, they want to go to the club. Why are you going to the club to find love? That shorty in the, in the bodysuit may not want a dude that looks like you. And yeah, you buy her a drink, but that doesn't entitle you to her body. That doesn't entitle you to like her to go home with you. If anything, she should at least just say thank you. She don't even really have to have a conversation, but at least a thank you is warranted. But other than that, like what you doing, you feel me? Yeah. And like, I really... Yeah, I'm tying it all to social media because, I mean, well, this is a social media yeah. segment. Um, I see it so many different times. Like, over the last three years, I've seen people being like, well, what are you bringing to the table? What are mm-hmm. what qualities and attributions do you have to be with me? And, you know, all of this. Stuff. Like, to me, the relationship is the damn table. Let's get that straight. Like, okay. I don't believe in you having to have all of these accolades and like you know damn near it's like when i hear what are you bringing to the table it's kind of like damn i am i bringing a resume all of a sudden like Mm -hmm. no one in relationships is fucking perfect no one and anybody who has been in a healthy relationship understands that when you are with that significant other, when you are with that person that really just pushes you and, and, and makes you, I guess, a better person in the sense that you, you see yourself and you're just like, damn, because ultimately, we, we, I feel like most of us have been there in that place where it's just like you love somebody so much that that love can just 
self pushing forward to be like, okay, well, I need to go and produce and I need to go ahead and be a better person because I want what's better for my family. I want what's better for my partner. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to give my partner, even if it, even if I may not receive the same amount, I want to give my partner the most that I can because of their loyalty, because of their love, because of their respect for me, because of how they value me and all these other things, right? Um, and it's just a, a case by case and a relationship for relationships type of thing. But what I will argue is, is that like with relationships, you learn and you grow and you evolve and you don't walk into it perfect. Nobody ever does. In fact, I don't care how much healing you think you've been doing, your relationship, your significant other inside of a relationship will always bring out that one thing mm -hmm. that you may have never noticed about yourself because we're all self-biased. Yeah. We're all biased at the end of the day. And maybe there's this one thing that you're overlooking because you're just like, yeah, it's not that bad. And your partner is not necessarily pointing it out as like the worst thing in the world, but it's just like, hey, like me, for instance, like my boyfriend, one day he looked at me, he was just like, you know, you kind of can be impatient sometimes. And it's just like, I didn't call it impatient. I just called it me knowing what I wanted and me being so self-determined that I'm going to get it as a means of like, because that's just how I know how to be. I know how to get things. I want something and I know I'm going to get it. Yeah. But my boyfriend, he just, you know, lovingly, because sometimes people can also take it as like a, a personal thing. And it's just like, he was just like, hey, you know that sometimes you can be a little impatient. And I'm just like, yeah. Shit. Yeah, I guess that's the word. And then, you know, you balance each other out. But when people come up and be like, well, what are you bringing to the table? And what do you have to offer? And all this other stuff. It's just like, I mean, yes, it's important to know the type of person that you're getting into a relationship with. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, you don't want to be with somebody who is not going to value or is not going to respect you. And you don't want to be with some damn psycho. But at the same time, it's growing with that person. Because you never truly know in what placement that that person wants to grow, the places that that person is going to reach. As long as there's not, as long as there's not any stagnant format in that person's core, what's what's wrong with? I think, I think our self gratification is at an all time high and higher than ever. Like instant gratification. Instant gratification. Instant gratification is at an all-time high where we want things and we want it now. And while it's, you know, it's understandable that you want things and you know how you want them and you know where you want to reach. But it takes time and it takes consistency to get to where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And while I understand that bills are like literally driving us to the fucking ground, I hope every single day... I literally, I, I, I have this thought maybe six times a month. I literally hope wherever his soul may rest, I hope Henry Ford is in like the deep crevice of hell, like uncomfortable <laughs> for making a 40 hour Monday through Friday work week mandatory. Like I hate mm -hmm. that shit. And the fact that America takes it a step further and having 30 minute lunches, I know I'm getting off traffic, but shit. Nah, go it's ahead. like, I... I know what people have to go through and then you get on your social media and then you see these people lavishly going on vacations to mm -hmm. Turks and Caicos and, you know, going to Bali and all this and you want to do that too. I understand that. 
I have college debt. I completely understand that. But at the same time, it takes a while. And sometimes it's just like, you know, you want to be with a significant other who has it like that so that you can, you know, sit and live comfortably and be able to breathe. But who's to say you can't watch your significant other grow into that person? Who's to say, like, oh, you just have to, like, immediately find them like that? And that's a problem with people, too, is that, like, you know, I hear it all the time. And not just with men, with women, too. Like, oh, if he's not 6'1", then I'm not 6'1 and above. I'm not even yeah. touching that. Men are just like, oh, if she doesn't have a certain type of a, a body type, I'm, I'm not even going through that. Or um, just all of these these things that to me can be a little shallow again i'm not saying that like oh you shouldn't look at you know money factors or you shouldn't look at career goals and all this stuff because obviously it's important to look at those things Mm -hmm. it's important because these are things that lead to divorces at the end of the day Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day it's like sir ma'am you are in your 20s you're in your early 30s most people who make the type of money that you want in a significant other most i'm not saying all but a lot of them and some of this has to do with the capitalist capitalistic world that we live around Mm -hmm. don't make it there until 40s 50s hell 60s sometimes and it's just about growth and it's just about where you're investing and it's about how you're investing and how you're doing the things that you're doing but yes at the same time i do think that some people while i myself like to have an optimistic point of view and sometimes i am a little delusional with the things that i do because <laughs> I, I i really believe in things working themselves out mm-hmm. there are certain restrictions when you have a kid all that shit flies out the window your priority is your kid when you have a kid like you gotta you know figure out how if you if you have 25 dollars to your name that damn 25 dollars better not go a cent towards you and making sure to figure out how your kid is going to be living right you know? So in that sense, it's like, well, I do understand that you want to have it made and you want to be with somebody who has it where you don't have to worry so much about yourself and your kid because obviously kids are expensive and they're a responsibility that you have to take upon yourself. It's hard because you come with that attachment. When you come with attachments from a previous relationship, it's harder to get yourself involved with somebody who, you know, these quote unquote high value men, but that's that's a story for a different day on me and high value men and what I think about. Nah, that don't gotta be a different that can that could be right here. This well, is this is part of that social media aspect in the sense that um but we so go even going back on like the money thing, um it also doesn't help media as well as having these music artists, you know, promote that type of lifestyle where like, you know, you need to have six figures, you know, his you got to have that eight, nine inch dick, you know, you got to be like six foot four or whatever. And it's very impressionable on younger people to like kind of live up to those standards or like a lot of these women, especially like in the past, I would say five, six years, like the whole BBL epidemic going on, especially here in Atlanta is like insane. The fact that so many people are altering their bodies to fit a certain aesthetic to the point that like everyone is starting to kind of look the same. These IG baddies all kind of have the same look because they all do the same type it's of surgery. It's not even fitting their bodies. It's also fitting their finances, doing things that is way out of their 
ballpark and out of their range to I know people like I don't know if you've seen it but like I I stumbled across this social media article I can't remember where it was it probably could have been snapchat where you know if you pay I think it was like I don't even know how much it was but it was a couple thousand or maybe a couple hundred like no not a hundred thousand it was a couple thousand maybe a couple hundred I don't even remember the case in point here is <laughs> is that if you pay an X amount of money, you can get professional photos taken inside of a private jet. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. It look like you were on a private jet. And really, all you were doing was just taking pictures. You didn't even lift off the ground. It was like a film studio thing. Maybe. Could have been. But I know that it was like an actual, like you get on a plane, you have a professional photographer for however long that you paid for the session whatever you decided to get done and that's your picture you post it on social media hey this person was on a jet oh my god like let me go follow them whatever whatever because it makes it seem like you have it like that and if anything with this city that you and i both live in teaches us is that people will literally you know catfish and finagle their way into like oh i got it made like this but in reality like don't mm-hmm. you're doing it because again you're trying to sell a certain portrait to other people like you do and then this is where like you know brand deals and you know all of this other again marketing and traffic into your program into your your profile and into your your pictures and your posts comes in right so yeah that's the sad part about it that's yeah. very much sad part about it so Earlier on the meme culture, after hours, we talked about, you know, the rise of like Vine and everything. And I would say around that time, like the 2013 and 2016 era is where we really started to see social media boom into everyday life in the sense that our generation has pretty much grew up watching that as a source of entertainment instead of mm-hmm. going on Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network and stuff like that. And well, that's... Like high school around there but also you gotta think about it like this though like around that time i'll let you get i'll, I'll let you finish your question here in yeah. a second um i'm sorry to cut you off but you know i think another reason why we were so drawn to social media in the first place there wasn't shit going on nickelodeon cartoon network disney channel speaking like mm-hmm. all the good shows were dying out, you know. They literally merged at Carly and Victorious for crying out loud. Like after yeah. there were there was just shit that was merging around the time that we were becoming teenagers that it was just like, why the fuck are we watching this? Like I'm not even, you know, giving this a, a, a time in my life. And then also, you know, or uh, wasting my time. But at the same time it's like, you know with how everything I feel like everything just came around that time. Yeah. I think I go ahead. So I I feel like two thousand and twelve and two thousand and thirteen was when everything was coming around. Like Twitter was becoming a lot more popular. Um, Tumblr was a thing that everybody was using. Mm-hmm. Vine, you know, just so happened to come out a couple of months after the boom of all of these social media platforms, Ulu was, you know, really hitting and a lot of people were on it. So it's just like, 
you know, it was just a perfect opportunity where like there was an increase in a lot of these social media uh, revenues and, and YouTube. YouTube was also like, a, well, YouTube was always like this popular thing, but YouTube was also getting more people, getting more, um, more traffic from it. Like, you know, um, anywhere from Dormtainment to yep. Spoken Reasons, Emmanuel Hudson, like, you know, it was a thriving and booming place. And I, I always find it so weird. I, I've had a convers a couple of conversations with this with my friends where we literally saw the beauty industry and the beauty aesthetic changing right before our eyes. Because in the early 2000s when we were kids, like the thing to be was skinny. Mm-hmm. skinny 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 like everybody like even in the modeling industry obviously like you know america's uh, america's next top model um everybody wanted or needed to have like a, a a shape and a physique of a naomi campbell yeah and then even even Nicki minaj spoke on it like she the a good reason why she got a bbl was because wayne even though he like jokingly teased her about it, it got her to, it got, eventually, whether you're being serious or not, when you're joking with somebody about their physique and their body, there's still some truth to it. There's still a a little bit amount of insecurity that you're building up inside of that person to the point they're just like, fuck it, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, get this shit done on me. Yeah. So, you know, um, Nicki Minaj came out and um, all of these other women who, you know, have, voluptuous waist and hips and, and thighs and butts that used to and then that drove the beauty aesthetic to be like oh, okay you know maybe it's okay to be on the thicker side and those who didn't have it damn sure spent the money to go ahead and get it so you know it, it was just a marketing again marketing strategies dr miami went and threw it like literally went full speed ahead and was just like you know what i'm gonna teach y'all how we make bbl how we get bbls to be done how we get lip injections, how we do all of these different things that were first and foremost very shamed upon from us as black women to naturally have. And then a full blown 10, 15, or yeah, 10, 15 years later, it's like everybody wants to have it, but nobody wants to admit that it came from us in the first place. So, yeah. yeah. But continue with your question. I'm sorry. No, I mean, uh, we're definitely going to get back to that because that's going back to the female body part. What I was saying um, with social media in the sense that what I did like about Vine is they started to promote products that you wouldn't see on TV, Um, like the little rolly thing that they had or... Oh, the hoverboards? Yeah, the hoverboard things or maybe certain, like, energy drinks and stuff like that. So the fact that those... um, products were being sold, I thought that was kind of cool in a sense that that at that time, people weren't necessarily like acting like they lived a certain lifestyle. It's just these brands were just coming to them saying, hey, people watch your funny shit. Can we help, you know, can you help us get some recognition as well? Mm-hmm. But now that grew into the aesthetic now to where like people get all these fancy cars and get these big ass houses to flex like oh i got it like that so instead of how it was originally where it's just like i just make funny shit and people just want to give me shit you know this is cool i use this product or whatever now people promoting products that not saying it wasn't happening back then either but now it's like you got 
you know, you fitness influencers like a Brittany Renner that was like, oh, tummy flat tea or whatever, even mm-hmm. though she probably don't use that shit. Yeah. And so, and then also going into what you were talking about with the female body in a sense that um, I mentioned in a relationship episode that I think the, it so media definitely did not help in the sense of pushing that fetishization of boobs and, and butt and stuff like that mm-hmm. to where like, that's what, you know, dudes think about. And a lot of times, especially when it comes to like promiscuity, you know, it's really like praised among dudes because it's, there's always said like, Oh, you gotta like spit game and like, you gotta try hard to get, you know, coochie and shit like that. But that also comes from the fact that people putting it on a pedestal as well. Not saying that you shouldn't treat people with respect, but I I even like talked about this with someone yesterday, in that I think dudes like take that too far. They're too pussy obsessed, and that that goes into not seeing women as that goes into seeing women as sexual objects versus sexual beings. So when you see women like having clothes that may accentuate their body. It's not the sense that they're showing it off to like, ooh, I know you want me, but that's what makes her feel sexy and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So instead of seeing her as just like an object, see her as a being, you can like, you can still see her as sexual, even though like, don't look at her in the sense of like, ooh, I, I mean, if you, you can, it's natural to, to be like, ooh, like, ooh, she looks good or whatever, but in a sense, like, don't look at it as like a prize to get, but just have a fucking conversation and just talk. And it's okay to let Shorty know that she look good, mm-hmm. but also be open to the fact that she may not feel you that way either. Right. Which kind of just ties to consent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let it be known that, yes, when we get dressed, it's not for y'all. It's for us. Um you know, I, I I can definitely speak on that because when I had dropped my little weight, I was, you know, out here feeling my absolute best. And I would, you know, definitely get a lot of stares and stuff like that. But it just, it wasn't, it wasn't something that I was wearing to get. And some, some, some people might, might argue with this. Um, but when I dress up, and when I looked up for myself, it wasn't something for, like, other men to be like, what? I mean, sometimes it was. But, like, yeah. most of the time, it was just me wanting to look up for myself and me being in the mirror, like, damn. Okay. I see that. I see that I did that. But, um, yeah, no. Just because we dress well, just because you buy us drinks, just because you, you know, take us out to dinner. And even then, it's just, it's. It's really sad how us women have to create boundaries around socialization because it's that sense of entitlement that some men get that just because we allowed a gesture from you guys that it automatically is a segue into sleeping with us. Um... Because, yes, you can buy me a drink. I'll appreciate it. I'll say thank you. But don't stand behind me like a fucking creep the entire night. (laughs) 
like don't don't do that and even then I'll, I'll you know some women including myself I've been I've been guilty of doing this before like we don't know where your mental lies to the point where I don't know if I can tell you please get away from me and you'll 1000% be okay with that or which is some again something that I've been guilty of doing is well I don't know where this man's stability lies mentally so I'm gonna go and hide in the bathroom for five minutes and then if the same man comes back around and tries to dance near me or try to dance on me I'm gonna go to the bathroom again disappear for five minutes and then and it's you know sometimes men ask themselves like, why do you guys do that and so it's just because we don't know where you guys are up here we like don't know if i say no are you gonna take are the you no? going to take the no as it is and just be okay with it and just you know charge it to the game and, and just keep it pushing or am i going to have problems when i get out of here do i need to like i i've always been i've always been blessed enough to be able to go out with friends who enter with me and leave with me at the same time whenever we go to places like most of my friends if we decide that we're going to commit ourselves to going out on a friday or saturday night we're entering on that friday night together and we're leaving out on that friday or saturday night together so i don't really have to think about that but in like in terms of other women like that like i understand where they may not feel confident enough to speak up because it's, it's very uncomfortable first and foremost some people don't feel uncomfortable telling people off, but it can be uncomfortable sometimes because you're projecting your boundaries onto another person and that person may not take it in kind. Yeah. Because nobody like rejection rejection can can be a beast. It's something that, you know, it's a part of life. Not everybody's gonna instantly say yes to you. Nobody's gonna, you know, say even if you are a great convincer, not everybody's going to say yes to you all the time. You're not gonna be everybody's type. You're not gonna be everybody's type. You're not everybody's cup of tea. Somebody's cup of tea, like <laughs> a recent um a recent saying that I that I stumbled across was somebody's cup of tea can be somebody else's shot of rum. That's that's really that's really what it is and that's okay. But that doesn't mean you going berserk and just being like see this is why i don't do shit for nobody and this is why i can't be nice to people this is why like granted yes i understand like that that rejection can kind of cut deep especially when you know some people are not and i i i kind of hate for it to come off this way like i understand that physique is something that this is something that all of us look at you know, like yeah. the looks, the looks is something that all of us look at when we're like, you know, finding a prospective partner, but not everybody is that person's type. Not everybody, you know, is, is some people feel insecure because of their weight. Some people feel insecure because of certain facial features that they have or, or just how they look and how they present themselves. And some people are just like, well, you're not my type, so I'm just gonna come, go over here now. And they've been, you know, rejected so much that they're just like, I'm ugly or I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm valued enough or whatever. And so it's just like, it's that tipping over edge where it's just, that's where it gets into that, that place where people get afraid to really just protect themselves and say no and, you know, deny, cause you, again we truly never know 
So, okay. Yeah. Um, what would you say that was something that, or a few things in your opinion that dudes are doing wrong in the sense of, okay, how, how about this? How do you feel about dudes going into the DMs? What's your opinion on that? My number one thing is don't use the fucking eye emojis. Don't. I personally ignore or sorry. Can't speak on present tense. I used to ignore. Mm-hmm. Um because what the fuck are you looking at? I I recently had a conversation with a friend of ours recently. Um and I told that friend I told that friend that when it comes to speaking to a woman um being respectful is really the number one thing being genuine being your most authentic self um you know, you're not always going to get it right because some women can be a little mean. Like, there there are literally women that I've complimented in the past and I'm just like, hey, I like, I like your top. And they're just like, I know, or something. Like, they don't they don't take a compliment in kind. Yeah. Charge it to the game. That's really, that's really all you have to do. Charge it to the game. Um, but don't come at us with no fucking eye emojis. Like, <laughs> again... I, I, I told that friend because I said when you get into the relationship world, you would like obviously you're gonna get willingly into the relationship world when you just like, you know what, I think I'm done being out in the streets. I wanna settle down. When you willingly trans transfer your consciousness into that realm, mm-hmm. I'm going to assume that you have the bare minimum of communication. Again, you don't have to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. But I'm going to assume that you have the basic principles of communication down to get it done. I'm going to assume that. You know why I'm going to assume that? Because nobody's a mind reader and nobody's clairvoyant. So you sending me those fucking eyes, what am I supposed to think? Do I have something between my teeth? Do I... Is there something in the corner that you're seeing that I'm not in that picture? These are exaggerations, but at the same time, it's just, what the fuck are you sending me this for when you can literally just swipe up and be like, wow, you're very beautiful. Wow, I appreciate that. Okay, that's one. Mm-hmm. Number two, my golden rule is, I don't even have a title for that. I was just going to, you know, kind of improv a little title real quick that i can't really maybe you'll help me out with this one if um if a woman does not reply by your third dm take the hint i literally had a nigga and i wish i still had i literally wish i still had that dm there was a nigga who literally I, I swiped 
it was maybe like three swipes worth of conversations where he was literally talking having a to whole himself. Global conversation to himself. Yeah. Do I want to out? Do I want to out the affiliation of this? Nope, nope. I'm not even. Gonna... <laughs> I am not gonna have. MTSU fraternities looking left and right, being like, "Oh, who is she?" To-? Nah, I'm good on. Oh, that. you gonna drop the fraternity? Oh, that's crazy. Nah, old head though, but we we not even can get into that. I mean, and, fuck it. Nah, <laughs> I would say our, our boy Max is a Q, so we, we talked nah, about it before. Definitely, definitely was not that one. Definitely was not that fraternity. Let the figment of imagination go into what's gonna be of that, but. Anywho, literally having a full-blown conversation with himself. And I'm just like, bro, I, like, entertained a conversation. I didn't even entertain, sorry. Entertain is the wrong word to use here. I engaged in a conversation because I was tired of my DM being flooded with this person talking to himself. Mm-hmm. Literally. just, And I think I ended up telling this person, like, hey, I'm, I'm not interested. I'm sorry. And still trying to figure out ways to just have that access to me, be like, well, we can still be friends. Motherfucker, I don't want to talk to you. Like, leave that shit alone, you know? Not him trying to friend his way into the pussy. No, bro. I just. <sighs> See, that's another thing, too, is that sometimes you have men who will literally befriend you. Because I, I had somebody like that who befriended me. Because they they thought I was very gorgeous and I at the time was not ready for a relationship. And I know fully blown well that if there were ever a moment where I was vulnerable enough to swing that door open and just leave it, just leave it cracked. I knew that bust that fucking door. Bro, kick that shit in in a heartbeat. Kick it the fuck in in a heartbeat. And yeah. Honestly, yeah. And then it took that one good time for him to talk to me sideways, and I was just like, nigga, fuck. That's a different story. Yeah. But again, back to the conversation at hand. Um, three messages, three DMs. Leave her alone. Focus on yourself, King. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Facts. Honestly. Have some. Have some respect for yourself, though. Let's have some. A uh, grow. I really, I really be thinking, like, bro, you really do not have respect or consciousness for yourself if you're just literally like i understand i understand like because i i have a friend who used to do this when he was still single like he would literally blow up ari's uh not not ari like um not ari as in uh money bag yo's ari but mm-hmm. money bag uh sorry ari as an ari lennox yeah like he will literally like i love you ari when are we getting married, Ari? I have a ring for you whenever you're ready, Ari. Like, oh I understand. Like, God. that's... Okay. I, like, joking, but Yeah, like, half joking, joking, but, like, you know, again, if you if you let that door crack yeah, just a yeah, little yeah. bit, you know, I completely understand that. But when it comes down to, like, especially... And I really don't think of myself as, like, an IG baddie. We can get into that on a whole nother, on a whole nother spectrum. But mm-hmm. on, on a... On, on a person like me when you do that that kind of comes off as like stalkish and creepy and i feel uncomfortable and i've been doing much much better at like you know voicing my communication and my opinions on those type of things but again um and then another thing is just like 
assess really it just it, it goes back to the whole have some respect for yourself whatever you send her please understand that it has the potential of getting sent it to the group chat oh yeah mm-hmm. please. <laughs> please that dreaded group chat please please you have no idea how like especially my roommates at the time like i would literally have messages from niggas niggas with full-blown girlfriends niggas with full like niggas that are used to be just hoes and i'm just like are y'all seeing this and then like niggas who niggas who i will manifest and i just be like oh i think so and so is fine and then like they be my dms and then boom it's just like ah! so like just remember whatever you send women has the potential to be in the group chat and then that group chat well Luckily enough, my group chat is just a solid, sealed and tight team. But that group chat also projecting itself into another group chat, into into something else, into Mm -hmm. something else. Because if there's anything that we know about our campus that we used to go to and our school that we used to go to, like, shit used to spread like wildfire. Facts. Whether or not it it would turn out to be true or not. And that's why I always kept the paper paper trace and receipts, just in case. Because I never... I never trusted anything. Um, But I would say the final rule to the DMs, um, everything consensual. Um, I would say give it some time, see what the person, because you always, you want to have things that, you know, I don't don't want to say it like this because it may sound a little like, creepy but sometimes I myself like when I was single I used to like to do my homework on that person not Mm -hmm. in the sense where I would ask about them but like you know seeing what they post right so like if they were a dog lover were they an anime lover like me and then you know we can segue conversations into like oh my god what kind of anime do you watch you know um that I think adds a whole nother level to it when you're coming off with like pure and good intentions just to like I think when you're not and that's another thing. I think when you're not imposing intentions right off the bat, you're just being a regular human being and you're just trying to get to know a person, that's some things. I um and one thing I actually want to get your opinion on is the OnlyFans trend that's going on right now. How do you what's your opinion on that? Uh what what's in specific about OnlyFans do you want my opinion on? In the sense that a lot of women are using that as a source of income, um, what is your opinion on using OnlyFans as a source of income? I mean, I will never knock anybody's hustle down. Do what you got to do. Um, I know that men, some men, use it as a deterrent for oh, damn, like, you know, you got a vibe and I fuck with you, but, ah, you got an OnlyFans and, you know. um, But honestly, like, do what you got to do to make a means of living, to make a means for income. Um, There are people who have been able to pay off cars and get new cars. There have been people who have been able to buy houses off of OnlyFans. And while I do understand that like a person is putting their body out there to get money 
I mean, some strippers do it as well. Like, you know. Yeah, it's putting your body out there. Yeah. And that, to me, I have no problem with it because you are trying to project your financial income forward. Because just having a simple nine to five, it's not cutting it anymore. A lot of people need to have disposable income. A lot of people need to have extra revenue of income, whether that be, you know, um, crypto or buying and selling um, clothes or even, you know, stocks, real estate, investing into Airbnbs and properties. Like, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Do what you gotta fucking do to get by. I mean, while I understand, you're good. While I do understand that it's something that some people feel uneasy about, it's paying the bills. It's getting you by. It's doing what you, again, doing what you got to do. And hell, I find it, if anything, like empowering that you yourself, like you're not allowing other people in social media and Society telling you like, oh damn, like, oh shit, you probably don't don't you worry about X, Y, no, like, worry about your own goddamn self. You're not yeah. you're not doing it for other people. You're doing it for yourself. You're doing it to project your again, put you forward. So that to me is is really awesome. And like people just are like, I I understand what society people might think, but I'm gonna go ahead and do this because it's your life at the end of the day. So I'm I'm not knocking down anybody's hustle. I'm not knocking down how you, you know, pay your bills and and where you lay your head at night or what you do to lay your head at night where you gotta lay your head at night. Okay. Um. What's your opinion on the BBL surgeries or getting lip injections? You know, for a while I kind of <laughs> it's kind of funny that you asked me that because for a while I kind of thought to myself like maybe I should get one like a BBL. I thought about it, but it's it, it can be dangerous. It runs its risks. Very. Um, it can be deadly, and you know, ultimately, if you haven't like that to, you know, kind of revamp it later on as as you age, then you know, by all means, do what you got to do. Um, but I. I say do what makes you feel best in your skin. While I, you know, and, and that's that's a funny thing. I was, I was, well, not a funny, well, yeah, yeah, funny thing. Um, me and my boyfriend and a couple of other people were talking about it the other day. Like, BBLs are going down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why is because one of the most famous and influential families that have grown through the last decade aka the kardashians like you know they're not really in that realm anymore if you see it like it's just it's not like it used to be mm-hmm. if you see how like ken looks now how chloe looks now like it's just one of those things where they're kind of coming off of that a little bit or it looks like they're coming off of it a little bit but you do definitely still have the Aries out there that still do have like their bodies made and stuff like that or um 
one controversial thing that I have seen in the last couple of months is if Lotto or Big Lotto yeah. got her body done a little bit, you know, even if it's just like plumping it up a little, like just a little plump or, or whatever have you. Um, we're coming off of that, but at the same time, it's like, do what makes you feel the most comfortable in your skin. Do what makes you feel good. Do again. I'm not knocking anybody for who want for you know who wants to do and be who they want to be in life. And so, when it comes to again, and that that's another thing that people that men or some men can be like, oh well, you know you're. You're not your body is not naturally made, so I don't know how I feel about being with someone like bro, fuck all that shit. You're not doing it. That's that's the biggest thing that you can take out of um these controversial things is that you're not doing it for other people. I wish that people would not like think about oh well have you thought like some people have thought of there's at least for me, if I'm gonna do something that may seem borderline controversial or maybe it, it runs risks trust and believe i'm an overthinker there's not anything that you could ever tell me or any approach that you could bring up to me that is just like oh yeah like well have you thought about that like yes yes the fuck i did i'm an overthinker i have anxiety yes i did believe me um so i wish people would you know stop being like oh well has she thought about this or oh my god what will so-and-so think about this like hey at the end of the day we're human we fuck up and it's up to that individual later on in life to either be okay with this or end up regretting it and finding out ways to you know get rid of it or or just get a procedure done to undo what she did right so i i don't knock anybody down for whatever they got going on with that stuff can be expensive, but you know, do what you gotta do. However, I will say that again, these are things that we were shamed out of when we were younger. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, black women having thicker hips or having a bigger waist or bigger butts or thicker thighs. Like we, we were always, or bigger lips. Like I was teased about my lips for so long when I was younger. And I didn't really learn to appreciate them till I was around like, 15 and the only reason why i started learning to appreciate them was a because a lot a lot of women were starting to like there was this there was this trend around 2015 2016 to have quote-unquote kylie jenner lips the kylie so people, jenner lip challenge what yeah so people would get like those shot glasses and like you know pucker the lips up to it and a lot like it would just some swell people, up it would swell up and some people did not you know like their after effects because like their lips would be bruised and stuff um and you know, people at the end of the day thought that that shit was like, oh my god, like, let's go get lip injections. This is the way to go. This is the thing to do. Um, meanwhile, it's at the cost of a lot of black women being traumatized and bullied into thinking like, damn, like your hair, or, oh your lips, or oh your um, skin color, or, oh your your physique, how your body looks, your physical, and lo and behold. How much money goes into white women getting tans and getting lip injections and getting just all of these things that resemble what we naturally have made for ourselves. So, yeah. Again, don't 
I don't like judging, but it's just giving credit where credit is due. No. I see what you mean. Yeah. Um. Well, those are my two questions on that. So let's go back on like dudes, I guess, like trying to holler or whatever. So okay. what is your perspective on actually going back on that spiritual world or whatever that page is called? Spiritual world. Yeah. On that there was that post that the dude was like what was it what did he say? So he said something about like Oh, you canceling on me is like you don't respect my time or something like that. You need to respect my time, blah blah blah. Uh, please hold on. Yeah, just go ahead and like look it up real quick. Cause that's part of like so, talking about the alpha male shit going a little too far. Not little, too far. Okay, so just for reference of whoever is uh listening to this today there was this post where this man this man told this woman like facetime me at 12 tonight and she was just saying just facetime me i'm doing homework and i can forget to check my phone and he says ma'am i don't follow women's lead and the fact that you can't follow simple instructions shows the lack of respect for me so i'm going to end it here that's how the message is ended so Based on that, what is your question? What do you think is that healthy balance of, you know, have, you know, men having the ability to have some sort of like, not necessarily dominance, but that actually that'll tune into what do you feel is masculinity? Okay, so I'm going to break this question down a little bit. Um, so you asked, what do I think is balance? Or Let's scratch all that. What do you think is masculinity? Or what are you, what makes you feel, um, what makes you feel your safest when it comes to masculinity? Like what actions does a do taking place that's considered masculine that you feel safe? So a man, a man, I think from just nature alone, the simple byproducts of nature, um, will feel like he needs to be a provider because that's, that's truly just been a thing for most of the time. A man being able to provide for his family, going out, hunting to gather food and you know, bringing it back to, to the house. Um, so I see where some men can feel compromised where they're most, because at the end of the day, men want to feel needed. I can agree with that. Men want to feel needed. Men want to feel valued and like they're bringing something inside of the relationship that us as their partner um can't either cannot complete all the way 
or can't complete it, but we would love your assistance on it. Mm-hmm. Um, because without feeling needed as a man, it just, it kind of, you know, makes y'all a little bit, it, it just, it gets doubtful. It gets doubtful when you guys don't feel as needed or as wanted inside of a relationship. Um, and so what makes the whole tables turn a little bit is that, you know, while men want to be the breadwinners of the house, while they want to be the providers of the house, the funny and ironic thing about it is, is that some of them are the same men that will raise their daughters to be independent so that they don't have to depend on a man. Mm-hmm. And yet they want their wives to be at home and to be submissive and not in the submissive. I think submissive is a word that has been misconstrued a little bit, but we can get into that after I, I finish my point. These are the same men that want their women, their, their, daughters to be independent but these are the same men that also want their 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 wives to be pious and to be very gentle and to be so feminine and you know just carry all of these features to themselves i'm gonna pause right here <coughs> yeah yeah that's why i said pause um so they want them to be so pious and so sweet and soft-spoken and endearing and just all of these things that kind of get connected with femininity. Okay, so. And with that being said, it's um is where I say that the word submission can be very misconstrued. And the reason why I say that the word submission can be very misconstrued is because, well, yes, some men do consider submission as like this, you're going to obey me. And you know what I say is definitely something that needs to be like, it's the law. Or, you know, in a, in a situation where it's me or your father, like you're serving my food first or you're serving my, like these things, I, I understand where some women can, like kind of cross the word submissive to the word subservient Mm -hmm. because there are some men who do think that way. However, in in, in a healthy relationship, when I think of submission, it's you giving up the eyes for the we's. Okay. While I do understand that you two are very much separate entities. I am I am a separate entity from my boyfriend. And I have different ideas and thoughts and opinions from my boyfriend. When it comes down to it at the end of the day, even though, like, let's let's put an example, even though that he may have said something that I necessarily did not agree with, and we were at a, a public function and, and we are in front of his friends or we're in front of like business partners that can again propel him and, and keep him pushing forward in his dreams and his accolades and his um 
I don't know, his future overall, the I in me will be the I, again, the Latina, the Afro-Latina in me will be, yo, stomp this motherfucker out right now and lay it out. Like, just air this bitch out right here, right now. Mm-hmm. That's the I and the Latina in me, depending on how far he crossed the line and the thing that he said. But the we, the him and I, the I am a reflection of him, I am representing him, I have all, excuse me, I have all of these people and all these eyes on me and have all of these eyes on him. I have to think about we and I'm going to do what's best for us and just mention it and talk about it when we get home. That's the we of the situation. So that is what I think when I think of submission. You are literally just letting go of ego. You're letting go of what it is or what you can define as being too headstrong or or just too stubborn in your ways to just be there for your significant other or just to have your significant other have the light on them. That's what I think of when it comes to submission. But I was one of those, those people that used to think, because of the men that were around me, because of the men that I was, you know, having in my circle and wanting to date me, because of how they described submission, I would see it as subservient. Because of the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, it's like, oh, and it, it kind of made me think of like the 1950s and, oh, bring my slippers to my feet and, oh, you know, like, cook me my meals, like make home cooked meals for me. And all, like, it just all of these things that, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it in this sense. There's this man on TikTok and he was speaking in a perspective of what happened to those women who used to make lunches for their husbands and, um, I can't even remember what the fuck he said. I, I didn't even bother to look at the original video because I knew it was going to be some bullshit. Again, it's my bias. Yeah. I'm, I'm being fully biased right now. And I understand that. But I've heard it so much before where, like, where are all the women that used to whatever the fuck? So I didn't even bother to look at the full video. But I agreed so much with this woman right here. And this is where I'm tying into your question of what makes me feel safe. The number one thing that made me feel safe with the man that I'm with right now is the fact that my inner child felt no reason to pull in. Like, I always felt like I had to protect her at all costs. Mm. My adult self. I always felt like I had to protect my inner child, which is my most vulnerable self, at all costs. Even if it means me going into panic and survival mode and getting that shit done. I always felt like I could never trust a man with that part of myself. That wasn't a romantic partner. Because with y'all, my homeboys, like, I know I can sleep on a couch. Yeah. My most vulnerable self. I could be knocked out, unconscious, cold, whatever. And I know not a single finger will be placed on me unless it's to put a cover on top of me. Mm-hmm. But when it came down to a man who was interested in me romantically... 
I knew I could never really just sleep like 110% by myself. The number one thing that I that I that just came to my mind when I was like getting to know this man was peace and tranquility and just being able to just breathe. And so when you make somebody feel cared for and when you make somebody feel safe, that's the number one word. I felt safe. I felt protected. When you make somebody feel safe and protected, that's when somebody can start melting and letting go of that outer layer and letting go of that outer shell. Because there was a lot of times where men used to try to get to know me and they always felt like <clears throat> they weren't getting to know the real me or they weren't, get, they weren't getting to know the nitty gritty of me. And there's a reason for that because there, you were not giving me your single reason to feel like I could. And the ways that you would react and the ways that you would like come off at me and try to like black on me because you're not getting to know me just gives me another reason to not really trust you like that. So back to the TikTok that I saw. What happened to the women that used to whatever? And there was a woman that said, and I'm not a thousand and ten percent agreeing with what she said mm-hmm. and how you know me personally. She had a point. She had a point. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> She had a point. And while this is not how my relationship runs or how I want my relationship to run, I understand where she was coming from. So she said this. And I'm not going to quote it verbatim, but it's it's around what she said. She said that her husband doesn't allow her to pay anything for herself. Meals, mm. gas. If he just catches a win that maybe my wife needs a little bit of money, he'll give her some pocket change. And like, it's just basically he focuses on her financial growth. So he just provides everything, the food of the house, the the bills, the utilities, the rent, the everything. And that's how her relationship runs. I'm not saying that that's how I want my relationship to run. I'm not saying that that's, you know, my goal or anything like that, because I believe in also me contributing towards those things. But um and i'm not saying that this is how it should be but she said in that sense of pure intention in that sense of security in that sense of being provided for in that sense of emotional understanding you don't have to agree with me Mm -hmm. but in the format of you being able to understand me and hearing me out and under and like just being able to again not agree but see where my perspective is coming from is what naturally made her want to do those things for her man naturally because she felt so secure in every sense of the word of what secure me because again secure is a very subjective word for each and every single user inside of a relationship. So my definition of secure was different from her definition. And her definition went above and beyond what she wanted in that relationship because before then she just asked for bare minimums. But in that sense of how she felt secured in that relationship made her want to do those things for her husband. She she wanted to cook him home-cooked meals. She wanted to make sure that his clothes were uh, washed and ironed and, and put up and folded and all this other stuff. 
she wanted to do those things naturally because she didn't have a reason to go on survival mode. And I'm not saying that because, you know, a man provides for you and all that stuff. Like, you need to do those, those, it's not because she needs to do those grand gestures. I'm not saying that, even though if somebody is heavily providing for you and you're just sitting there not really doing anything, then obviously the relationship is, the, the effort in the relationship is highly disproportionate. Something should be, I think, given if, you know, if, if it were to that extent, like somebody's paying for your bills, somebody is, you know, giving you everything that you want, everything that you need. Again, that's that's me and my personal thing, but everybody has their own way of, of having their relationships. I just know that because of all the grand gestures that my significant other has shown me, I have gone to bat for him every single time and I've tried to show up in every single way that I can, right? But everybody's different. Overall, though, to answer your question, um, it's just the security that the person feels inside of the relationship. Um, and I think that in and of itself, that and the emotional vulnerability that you allow yourself to create with your significant other is what truly makes you masculine. The, the true, genuine security that you want to have for that person. Obviously, in a relationship, you need love, you need compassion, you need intimacy in whatever ways intimacy may be defined for you because not everybody's a, a physical touch type of person and that's more than okay. It's just how you can show your partner that you care. And in the times that your partner is in distress, how do you show up for them? Can your partner come to you when they're in distress about things? And can you go to your partner about those things as well? Because you guys, as men, most of you, have been bred in this, and bred and developed in this thinking, in this cognition that you need, like being a man is, is bottling up your emotions. Being a man is not crying about things because crying is for women. Just like anything that has to do with like showing an ounce of how you feel is being tied into femininity. And when that happens, it creates young men who want to be in relationships, but don't have the words or the emotions. The, the, they don't have the way to interpret they how they're feeling in a exactly. positive way. Exactly. They don't know, they don't have the words and they don't have the emotions and they don't have the receptiveness to process uncomfortability. Because the moment that uncomfortable situations arise inside of men, it's just being taught to ignore. Not not necessarily in the sense of like completely block it, but it completely block have a it is what it is. But exactly. Yeah. Just reducing the emotion. Reducing it less than what it is, just being like, shit, it's life, fuck it, gotta keep it pushing. 
I gotta go get this money. I gotta go do whatever the fuck I gotta do, right? Yeah, you a little too loud right now. Hold on. Or projecting it onto unhealthy coping mechanisms such as smoking weed, drinking, sex, just those things that kind of help push it to the back burner as long as you possibly can. And so that's why when you're in a relationship and you see Shorty crying in front of you, it's like some of us, and it took me a long time to figure this out because there was one, this one, this one particular man that I used to talk to and I cried in front of him and he was just sitting there just looking at me cry and it only made me mad and it only made like it just frustrated me a lot more because it's like do you not fucking care hello like i need a reaction out of you and it wasn't that he didn't want to react he didn't know how he to. didn't know how he did not know how and while we can argue that yes us women are not your mothers we're not your babysitter um that's not what we're coming into this relationship to do some people need that extra push and sometimes it's not up to us because some people are so fixed in the in the ways that they are that I, w- I would i would completely understand if you refuse to be in a relationship with somebody because they refuse to fix themselves but sometimes it needs a little bit of teaching and a little bit of patience that can go a long way because maybe that patience and that understanding and that compassion is something that they may have not received ever in their entire life or not as much as they needed to to understand what was going on with their internal being with their emotions with how they process things and you know so the golden word of today heal facts the other golden word seek therapy facts yeah that shit will definitely go a long way well, I think this was an extremely informative and enlightening after hour segment. Appreciate you, Lola, for coming on the show and giving a, a woman's perspective. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, tune in to, you know, stay tuned for more content, everybody. You know, make sure you follow us on um, uh, Instagram at four, at four underscore SQR. Follow us on TikTok at Foursquare. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, stay tuned for more content. Share with your friends, your family, your sneaky links and entanglements. As always, it's your boy Jeff. All right, peace. Mm-hmm.